Hello and welcome to the Collier Democratic Roundup, the official podcast of the Collier County Democratic Party. My name is Jeff Spencer. I'm the vice chair of the Collier Democratic Party and the host of this podcast. Thank you guys for clicking on. This is a special episode of the Roundup where we bring you the candidate spotlight of County Commission candidate David Turubiartes Jr. This recording is a live event and there are some minor audio glitches, but we always feel the opportunity to hear from a candidate outweighs the slight technical hiccup. This event was recorded on June 30th. Welcome everybody to the Tuesday, June 30th candidate spotlight with Mr. David Terubiartes. Uh, David is running for County Commission District 5 and County Commission District 5 is the largest County Commission district we have in Collier County. Our County Commission districts um, basically have the same number of people within each district, but County Commission District 5 is Eastern Collier County. It includes Immokalee, Ave Maria, Orange Tree, Ochapi, and Everglades City. If you look at the map on the screen now, you will see a red line running through Collier County, and that is I-75, and that's just there for uh, you to be able to see how large, actually, uh, District 5 is. And you can see at the very bottom of District 5, there on the very southern end, is Everglades City. So District 5 actually encompasses uh, one incorporated area of Collier County, and that is Everglades City. On the screen, you will see the website for our candidate, Mr. David Terubiartes. Um, he is the only Democrat running for Collier County Commission in District 5, and so we encourage you to go to David's website, standwithdavid.org, and we are really honored to have David with us this evening. Um, David, thank you so much for being here. We're really appreciate you giving us uh, your time today. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How is everyone out there doing? I know we're able to see some of the, I'm able to see some of the videos there. Great, great, great. great. Good, good, yep. good. Cool. So David, um, <laughs> I wanted to give you a chance just to uh, say hello to everybody and tell everybody, um, you know, a little bit about yourself and why you're running for County Commissioner. Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, well, my name is David Angel Tibiartes Jr. Um, decided ultimately to run kind of in, in, in the uh, the week before the deadline. So not necessarily the most time in a sense of to prepare for it. Uh, it. It really ultimately came down to being frustrated with the underrepresentation of my community. I've had the pleasure of living in Namakli majority of my life. I still live here now with my wife, um, whom we've been together for seven years, and we have two boys. Elijah, who's four, and David, who's turning the big uh, number six in 27 days. So July 26th is his birthday. You gotta, maybe at the end, I can ask uh, all of you for some uh, recommendations on a quarantine party. <laughs> but moving forward, yes, about my community. Um, you can't really see it too well, but I am in a wheelchair. It's been about two and a half years, give or take, that I, I I had some complications arise when they found a tumor in my back, my spinal cord, but you know, still still living and uh, walking strong on faith and uh, still blessed beyond measure. So I'm looking forward to representing each and every one of you today and representing the great district five. Thank you, thank you for that. I, I, I wanna thank you for running. Uh, putting your hat in the ring and running for public office is never an easy thing. 
So I want to thank you for your dedication and commitment uh, to running for office and also for, um, you know, representing us, for trying uh, to do the best that you can for all of us. Not all of us on the call tonight live in your district, but when you are elected as county commissioner for District 5, you will be voting on all of our behalf. So I want to thank you uh, for putting your hat in the ring and thank you so much for the time and effort that you're dedicating to this. Um, can you tell us, I know you said that you feel like you are underrepresented in Immokalee. Have you spoken with people of your community um, out there in Immokalee or um, you know, just in Eastern Collier County? Do a lot of people out there feel uh, the same way you do that uh, you just really don't have a voice at the county commission? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I don't know if the ladies feel okay with me bringing up their name, but there's two ladies I see here today who I've had, had the pleasure of speaking with and, and, and definitely getting their feedback with that. One of the biggest things is there's always been this rhetoric that when something happens, um, it's it's the, the phrase is only in the mockery. And we hear it constantly, whether it may be a road unfinished, sidewalk undone, or the way people are treated in this community. And you know, it, it takes individuals like each and every one of you here today and including myself to totally come together, stand together and demand change. So we've, we've already understood and we've already accepted that we've had some underrepresentation. Now the question is what we're going, what are we going to do about it? And that's why I'm here running today and that's why we're all here today. Thank you. So I would like to talk a little bit about uh, the pandemic that we find ourselves in. Certainly, um, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning, you're trying to figure out how to do a, a quarantine birthday party for your son. Uh, all of us are trying to figure out life the way it is, but the way that our county and our state and our country has responded to the pandemic um, sometimes makes us question um, what our elected officials uh, really care about. Can you tell me about your experience with COVID-19 and what you see as a future commissioner on how COVID-19 has been um, handled with um, at the local level? Um, so I, th I think a lot of us can say we didn't think it was going to be this big off, off from the beginning, although previous administrations and um, countless other third parties and, and have said that there was that we should be prepared for a flu epidemic. That, that was probably going to be the biggest academic and health crisis that, that would come to us. So all the signs were there. However, we, we ignored it. We refused to um, act on them. Now we look at it to where, as you said, the local administration and the county specifically. So we, we determined we were looking at what was going on outside in the road. And we saw what was happening, how it was, it was affecting all these other countries. So when it came to us, we should have been prepared. We should have had a more detailed plan because we were already seeing what other people were doing that wasn't working and what was working. One of the biggest things um, was, I, I, I really do want to say the lack of education. I really think there should have been more education out there, more, hey, here's a mask, um, and more overall, I can't, I can't really say the word knowledge on it because it was all new to everybody, but it, it really does have to come down to the county setting an example and setting the, I wanna say law, but the, the, the word that masks need to be done mandated, you know, and associated with that, we need to make sure we wash our hands together. And yes, we're seeing it all together, but you know, multiple language. One of the great things about this district is the diversity. So we have people who speak English, we have people who speak Spanish, we have people who speak Creole, Mikazuki. There, there's there's multiple languages grown together, and, and that's what we had to make sure we have we have to make sure that we're appealing to everyone. Okay. So you are um you are 
trying to run this campaign to represent your entire district, but you live in Immokalee. And Immokalee is a hotbed right now for new COVID cases in the state of Florida. Um, have you seen any of your elected representatives uh, come to Immokalee to try to help the people of Immokalee or even you know, send their staff uh, to try and make things better? Have you seen any response from either your state representatives, your governor, uh, your U.S. Senator? Have you seen anything in terms of no. helping people of Immokalee? No, ma'am. I, I, I think we've seen more national reporters come than, than people in our own local officials. And that, that's, that's, that's the problem. You know, it shouldn't have to re reach national news in order to get local officials who live, you know, within an hour to come to our community. Yeah. The local officials were already notified. You know, the CIW, the, the definitely reached out to them, not only let the governor know, but they also let our local officials know of, of the epidemic and how it was going to affect specifically the community. Um, they failed to act on it, and we, we need to call a spade a spade. Fortunately, you didn't take the right measures. Okay, now how are we going to move forward and 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 correct it? Rather than saying nothing was done, not rather than saying, oh no, we're doing it. We did the best we could. No, 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 you didn't. Okay, we we need we need, we really need to focus on accountability and responsibility. As the, those are the two big um, words and 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 reasonings that we're running you know, for this platform and and my race. Um, so we really need to hold them accountable. And move forward. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so I want to move a little bit to uh, a topic that has been discussed for years and years um, by candidates at the state level, at the county level, affordable housing. Um, we have Collier County is um, home to some of the uh, richest people in the world, and we have some of the poorest people in the world living right here in Collier County. And so because our property values in some parts of the county are so high, it is difficult. Um, it's been difficult for years and years to get affordable housing into this county. Uh, how important is it for us to be able to have um, affordable housing in Collier County, as opposed to have people living in Lehigh Acres or in Lee County or in Henry County and driving to Collier? Why is it so important that we focus on affordable housing in Collier County? We need to focus on it specifically because we're having great people and great um, great students, for example, they graduate college and they don't stay here. Why? Because of affordability. It, it's, it's, it's gone to a position now to where you can only move here if you're already settled, if you already have made a name for yourself. We, when we don't want that. We want to keep our brightest people here. We want to keep the people that, could, that contribute the most to our community here. We don't want to push them away by having unfair costs and unfair, unfair, the unfair costs of, of living. Um, Something I, I really do want to push for whenever I'm in whenever I'm in the commission's office is pushing for every every organization and not organization, my apologies, every uh, community that's going to be built to ensure that there's some affordable housing in there. Now I do understand we cannot have at times every community be uh, affordable for for certain people, but we need to make sure that we're making a valid effort and trying to keep at least ten percent, five percent. You know, come up with a good number that we can agree on then moving forward every community will have a sense of affordability um, especially in this community in this area i would like to have see 60 more houses new houses under 200,000. there's no reason why you want to get a new house single family house and it's 300,000 plus yeah you make a really good point and for a for a young family or for a single income household it's hard to live in collier county and 
if you work here, why can't you live in the community uh, that you serve? So that you make a really good point. Thank you very much. Um, one thing that Immokalee, so you brought up it would be nice to have affordable housing in Immokalee. Certainly um, a lot of people in Collier County, even outside of Immokalee, um, would like to see affordable housing come in. Um, but one thing that Immokalee lacks is a hospital. Uh, can you tell us about um, how you would advocate for a hospital um, as a county commissioner, how you would work towards, or, or I guess, first of all, just tell us why Immokalee needs a hospital. I've heard a lot of reasons that, you know, there's not enough people in Immokalee. It doesn't warrant a hospital. So can you address that first? Yeah, that I'll start off. That narrative that there is enough people is just false. That is a false narrative. I'll start off from the beginning of saying that. We certainly do have enough people in the Mockley and, and um, based on the, the current statistics, it's over to 20, 30,000. There's no reason why in order to get immediate health, you have to go 30, 40 miles away, going to either Naples or Fort Myers to where it's, we're, we're about in the middle of both of them. But there's no reason why we should have to travel that far. Um, a lot of the a lot of the people in the Mockley as well, there, there are some transportation issues. So keeping something in town would definitely benefit these people as well. And I do like the idea of having either a hospital or even a 24-7 urgent care. But the fact of the matter is there's people here and we need care now. Okay. And then as a county commissioner, how would you advocate for a new hospital coming to Collier County? I would definitely want to work with our uh, state officials and try to figure out what we can do to bring I do understand the private sector and try to bring some hospitals here, try to bring um, whether it could be a tax cut or something we could work together on and find really a good concrete plan that would benefit the people in the tax Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I did see someone ask on the chat box if we were going to allow for questions and yes, we will certainly allow for questions. These candidate spotlights are um, scheduled to run for about an hour. So obviously if we have time, we would love to take questions from the folks out there. Um, so one of the things that affects not only Immokalee, not only District 5, uh, but Collier County, the state, uh, in fact, the nation, is the state of our environment and how our environment affects the way we live. Is uh, the environment a part of your platform as you run for county commissioner? Yes, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's up there right with affordable housing. One of the great things about this district is the land. Now, District 5 right here in Collier County, east of the Mississippi is actually the largest district. So we, so we have this great land that we need to take care of and we need to nurture. The big thing, not just affordable housing, is really more smart growth. So it's make, making sure that we're not cutting off um, access and lands to panther crossings, making sure we're not cutting access and lands to the way the water flows and, and, and going to create a bigger epidemic when it comes to water and trying to have clean water for each and every one of us in future generations. So we need to make sure we're taking all that into account whenever we agree to, to grow. Um, I, I, I understand the narrative of grow, 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 and build, build, build. But we need to first take a step back and realize the effect we're doing and we can cause to future generations. Okay. Are there any specific environmental issues that you think we need to focus on in um, Collier County? Water quality is definitely one of them. Are there other things that you think that we need to make sure we're focusing on as we move uh, forward and make sure that we're preserving our county for future generations? Yes, ma'am. Um, yes, as you say with the water, I, I'm trying to tag the name uh, Clean Water Canada. 
because I, I definitely think that's an importance. But also fracking, there's no reason that, that we should have this off, this drilling right here in this land and that could really put us in jeopardy when it comes to our water. It's not a matter of if, but it's a more of a matter of when. And, um, you know, as, as, as a father who has two kids and, you know, eventually one day become a grandfather, I don't want to put our future generations at risk just, just for the, uh, just for a buck, just for a dollar. It's really not worth it. Yeah, you bring up a really good point because not only is fracking um, definitely bad for our drinking water, but it's also um, it's also a finite resource, right? We can't frack forever. It's not going to make a lot of money for the county, and it will definitely Correct. affect our water resource. That, that's for sure. Um, so you have two young boys, right? Um, and uh, you're looking forward to um, having them attend public schools, I'm assuming, in Immokalee. Do you see um, Immokalee as a good place um, to raise your kids and send them to school? Do you think that we have uh, the right educational services that we need in Immokalee? I, you know, I had, I was able to to grow in here in public schools. I attended public schools my entire life and, and, and I enjoyed it, you know. One of the things about Immokalee as well um, is the fact that a lot of the teachers here, they know that they can make more going elsewhere. But they really and truly come here to teach because of the goodness of their hearts. So we are, in a sense, getting the best teachers here as well because they're truly doing it for the right reasons. Uh, with that being said, we need to make sure that we're able to equip them. And with that, one of the big big issues on my platform that I'm going to be pushing for is a middle school in Immokalee. There's no reason that we're overpopulating in our middle schools having portable after portable where we're getting to a point where we're, going to, we're not going to have any more space to grow. We need another middle school. We need to ensure that every child is getting the proper education and we're not overfilling these classes. So um, as a county commission candidate, um, how would you go about advocating for a new middle school because um, certainly I think when I when I think of education I think of the school board right so but as a county commission candidate how would you advocate for getting a new middle school in a mockery? Well I'll be uh, calling Roy Terry who's our district I'll be yeah. knocking on his door uh, doing anything and everything I can and, and meeting with other public officials um, to really try to come up with a nice concrete plan even if it's a charter school per se that would work too but the fact of the matter is we're having a overpopulation issue for our middle schools and we're just not at the point to where we can we can uh truly give each and every kid the best education you you, you brought up another thing while you were talking about the middle schools right now you have portables a lot of portables um that house these kids as they go to school that i would imagine would be a security concern given the um, I guess it's not so recent. We've had them for a while, these mass shootings in our schools. Portables are not safe place. Have you heard anything uh, from members in Immokalee about um, the safe? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've not heard anything, but I'm, you know, I don't speak to a lot of people that have kids in school anymore. So do you, do you, have you heard any concerns about security sending these kids to um, schools with portables? Not quite often. Um, hasn't come brought up. Um, I really think the reason that is because of the people in the community and how we really truly care for each other. Um, but the truth of the matter is, uh, there, there, it always takes just one for that to go out the window. Um, so that it, 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 you do bring up a good point with it being a security reason. Um, I would look forward to meeting with, with, with officials there and pretty sure, and I know for sure that they're doing the best they can, but we don't want to overwhelm them at the same time. Yeah. 
Well, I can tell you something. As, uh, as a member of our county commission, if you approach the school board, you will be working with a very professional school superintendent in Dr. Kamala Patton. She's fantastic. And so that, I think, would be a fantastic opportunity for District 5 to have a county commissioner that actually wants to represent the people of District 5 and will work with the school board to get things done for, for his district. Um, one thing that uh, we talked about at the very beginning when I showed that map is how large District 5 is. And um, so how are you going to be able to make sure that as a county commissioner, um, I mean, certainly you've lived in the district your entire life or most of your life, and certainly you know your neighbors, you know your community, but that is a big district. How are you going to ensure that as a public official, you are representing everybody in your district? Um, I definitely got to get a new SAMS membership to get good discounts on gas and try to get up on tires and stock up because <laughs> that's what we'll be doing. Honestly, it, it's going to come out to really grassroots. That's one thing I truly uh, stand by and, and, and I believe in, and that's meeting each and every one of you out there, uh, making myself readily available. We've come to a point to where people don't want to believe in the elected officials. They don't want to believe. There's even this narrative that they don't want to vote, that their vote doesn't matter. And the reason that has come to the point is because they feel that their elected officials have never supported them or reached out to them. So you have to make yourself readily available. One thing I like to say, a good example I bring up all the time is, think of a church. If, if members aren't going to the church, the pastors, what are you gonna do? The pastor's gonna go out to the streets and preach to the people. And it's the same thing with government. If people aren't coming to the meetings, if people aren't readily giving you opinions, then you have to go out to where they're at and make yourself readily available. So that's something where, where, where it's something more new, I would say, in this community because I haven't seen too much of that. But that's something I uh, definitely look forward to and taking that challenge to whether it's going out to football games, um, little leagues. I mean, I myself actually coached my son's soccer team whenever he was in Lehigh as well to here in the market with, with coach uh, Manny Tehran and the Mockley Cobras. So I definitely take a big pride of that. And I take uh, pride in meeting, every, meeting each and every one of you and, you know, jotting down your notes on really Okay, so um, I'm having a little bit of trouble hearing you, David. Um, is everybody else um, around? Maybe it's my connection. Can everybody, it's kind of iffy. If you guys are interested in hearing more about what's going on with the local Democratic Party, the Florida Democratic Party, local candidates, events when they are possible again, and local news, there are a number of ways you can hear from us. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or just check in at our website for all the local Democratic Party info. You can find all of these signups on our website at www.callyourdems.org. That's www.callyourdems.org. Thank you for all the support. So let me let me say that uh, the things that you've been talking about, David, it is refreshing to actually listen to someone running for office saying that when they get elected, they will go to the people. Um, I have been watching the county commission um, operate for years in this county, and they always say that, but they never do it. Um, and so when they talk about uh, the fact that they are um, very you know, that educate, they're so, um, such big advocates for education. You never see them out in the community. You never see them at a town hall. I think that we actually need, we need someone from 
District 5, who represents District 5 and is willing to go throughout District 5. So thank you for saying that. And um, trust me, once you get elected, we're going to remember that. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to look for you to come out and do town halls um, for District 5, because that's exactly what we need. Um, so uh, I do see some, uh, I see in the chat box, let's see. Um, so here's a question. Um, uh, let's see, how else, so this, this, it looks like this is a question about the hospital. How else do you see a hospital being a benefit to the community? Do you foresee bringing job opportunities um, to local residents, brighter career paths for residents? Um, would, a, would a hospital provide, be able to provide that to Immokalee and surrounding areas? Yes, ma'am, certainly. One of the great things about uh, here in Immokalee that we have is called ITEC, it's Immokalee Technical School. And you can get your, uh, you can go ahead and get, and get some certificates for nursing. So we're having great nurses uh, graduate here and we would love to keep them here. That, that goes and ties again to that affordable housing, that smart growth to ensuring that we're able to keep those great individuals here. Okay, so someone just asked if we could open voice communications to ask questions. We can do that. Let's make sure that we go through all of the uh, questions in the chat box before we open those uh, voice communications. Okay. Um, how do you, what, what do you consider affordable housing and housing size? So I, I'm assuming that means um, price range and how big of a house. Is that what you mean, Lorraine? You can nod or. Renting in apartments or rentals. Because not everybody has the money for down payment. Right. So did you also mean affordable rents when you meant affordable housing? Yeah. Okay. So Mr. Chirubiartes, um, when you were discussing affordable housing in your platform, uh, were you focusing on home ownership alone or also making sure that we have affordable rents in this community? Yes, certainly the both, certainly the, the rent as well. Um, I would like to see, figure out what the you know, the FS, I'm sorry, the HSA loans and, and other other good programs out there that we can get for first time buyers, you know, people who, who are trying to get back on their, get on their feet or get back on their feet and really tr truly just have a home that they can grow and, and have their with their families. But that definitely does apply to renters as well. We can't have these these homes that are just overpriced. And 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 um, it comes to a point to where now people have the, are really, having to make the decision to where hey are we going to rent something for for fifteen hundred dollars a small bedroom home or should we own for a thousand and unfortunately right. sometimes there's some barriers such as such as credit but we can always work together okay it froze up for me for a little while yeah, there, and, little... and plant and um, i would definitely open here and, and figure out good what, what obligation okay um, so there's another question. Uh, this is this is something that actually the county commission addressed today. It is uh, something that they called this this meeting for. Uh, should the county commission require the wearing of masks by everyone in public? Yes, yes, I, I certainly agree. The, I saw a uh, a few months ago whenever the county was trying to vote on closing the beaches. Um, the rhetoric, not the rhetoric, but what was coming up a lot was you're more likely to catch the COVID at a grocery store rather than the beach. And I agree. 
That's why we should mandate masks there as well. No one's telling you you have to wear them every in your house and home all day. However, when you're out, out and and you're, you're reaching other people, it comes to a point where we really have to have to protect the whole population. We have to protect everybody, not only in this district but in the state, to make sure that. Um, although you know, we, it, it's kind of gotten to a point where it may be political beliefs as well, but that's another topic there. But we need to make sure we're in mass listening to the to the the specialists listening to the doctors who are giving giving us these recommendations. So if the county, what would you say to someone if they said, uh, you know, if you require me to wear a mask, you're taking away my um, my freedoms. You're, you know, that's my liberty that you're attacking. If you make me wear a mask, how would you address someone? As a county commissioner, um, as an elected official, they're coming to you and asking you to vote on this. And they're saying, hey, if you, you would be taking away my liberties if you made me wear a mask, how would you address that with them? I would say by, by certainly with our uh, our position there as, as county, one of the main positions is keeping everybody safe. And unfortunately, I do believe at this point that we need to keep everybody safe by mandating masks. Um, I definitely do value that opinion and that notion. However, I, I just, I have to think of the overall picture at this point. I have to think of each and every one of everyone out there who people who don't know they have it sometimes and they're able to give it you know we, we just we, it's best if everyone does it rather than just saying if you have a temperature you wear it. so if everyone wears it we're able to eliminate the the risk and you know the same thing with keeping the stores and and, and everything open yes i would love to keep everything open but we need to wear our mask there's no reason why everything should be open without mask and we're putting ourselves at a higher risk as we're seeing these numbers escalate slowly 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 every day Thank you. Um, so yeah, it sounds like you're basically taking the advice of public health officials uh, to keep everybody safe. So that's good news to all of us. Um, yeah. Uh, so back to fracking, we have a question about fracking. Fracking is a fossil fuel. What ideas and timeline do you feel we need to transition to renewable? That is something actually, Anissa, you and I both had a good had a good conversation on that a couple of days ago. Uh, I believe with all the space that we have here, that we should be able to store and make some renewable energy, whether that may be through a solar plant, maybe through some windmills. Um, we definitely have the space here, and and it would be good and to set that tone to where whenever you come to District Five, you're noticing how we're preparing for the future. Yeah, that and it sounds like you're talking about economic diversification too so it would be good for the planet and good for our economy as well yeah that's that's very insightful um so uh let's see um one more question and then we will open it up to voice communications uh will you support medical cannabis dispensaries that bring income to collier county um the closest is benita springs um lorraine spoke three years ago at a county commission meeting and they said they would then, um, they reversed. They they said they would, then they reversed it. Um, so would you support uh, medical cannabis dispensaries in Collier County? Yes, undoubtedly. Um, I myself actually struggle with chronic back pain. It's, it's, it's a, uh, no, it's, it's an effect of being in a wheelchair. I haven't caught, quite gotten 
to the the car and doing that however but i do have some whenever i have to deal with pain and have to go through different stretches i ask other people who are in the same situation as me and they have gone to doing uh cdc medical cards and that has helped them get through it so i believe there's a lot of people out there who like that option and we should keep that option open okay okay fantastic uh so jonathan it looks like you would like to ask a question you're welcome to do so um if you unmute yourself you should be able to unmute yourself um so can you guys hear me yes go ahead jonathan yes yes hey jonathan okay, thank you thank you so much um yeah, uh, I just want to say thank you for having this meeting. Uh, I think it's really important that you're actually communicating with people and trying to get this out because Amokli is very Amokli and District Five in general is very underrepresented or underrepresented. Um, I think for myself, one of the biggest issues with Collier County um, public schools is that a lot of the teachers that go to Amokli eventually leave, not just to Naples but to other schools in general. What kind of policies are you going to implement in order to make sure that this doesn't happen as often? That's a great question, Jonathan. Um, first, just want to thank you for taking time out of your day for, for participating in this. Um, in regards to that question directly, I, I really would have to come up with a good concrete plan by speaking with the other professionals to figure out what they believe would be best. Now, what I personally think, you know, just thinking off the top of my head for that, I believe there should be some type of incentive bonus because yes, I agree with you and I've seen it to where we've had great teachers here, but they leave because unfortunately they get to a position to where they have to provide for their family and, and they're not only are they taking a risk by driving over here that far and, and, and additional cost um, they're able to get a raise by going to other districts so one thing that's been really good with the monthly that I've seen so far is the fact that everybody's participating together in a sense that we're having one common goal um, I'm so sorry I just lost my chance we have one common goal so for that I, I really would like to speak with the specialists um, I would like to speak with Roy Terry, who's who's our district for school district, and try to come up with a good incentivized plan, whether it's uh, an additional bonus to try to keep teachers here, and um, or maybe even a survey. You know, whatever whatever you guys can really come up with, I would truly support. Um, and on top of that, too, another concern that I've seen um, specifically regarding the sign that they put up here in Immokalee is that they're trying to industrialize Immokalee, which is um, inherently not a bad thing. But the thing is, it feels like we're losing our culture. In what way do you think you can promote industrialization without losing the sense of that small town culture that we we already have? Yes, great question. Yeah, I've seen the sign as well. Um, it was it was it was uh, i agree with you we, we did lose a bit of our culture with that sign as well as uh, losing a lot of money if you saw how much that that was worth it was about forty eight thousand for us for everyone out there that's not aware of what happened is mockley had a sign and it says welcome to a mockley my home and it had some harvesting some fruits and it was something that everybody really took pride of um as of recent there was a change to the sign and it says a mockley my home but it is that more industrial look um one thing that, that I did really take pride in seeing is whenever the sign came out, seeing people come together at the local CRA meeting in the monthly, they reached their capacity, their call, to where over 100 participants really participated. So that really shows the fact that people are having a voice and they're using that voice. So we need to continue that. I, I believe they will be changing the sign um, now that they're having more output and more, I don't want to say public outcry, but it really is public outcry and, and teaming up together. Um, one good thing that we have to do is try to keep people and great people who work here and grow here to stay here so we're having that same 
diverse having that same different the same different cultures here it really is opening up so yes we're, we're able to grow but we're still having those same diverse uh individuals here thank you so i was i was hearing a little bit of feedback while you were answering your question so i i muted everybody <laughs> except for david and myself so if you have a question go ahead and unmute yourself but then please once you've completed asking your question please uh and angel you're absolutely right <laughs> Um, please make sure that you uh, go ahead and mute yourself again. So um, are there any other questions for Mr. Cherubiartes? Juanita, go ahead. Thank you. Um, David, I wanted to ask about how you felt with the current commissioners now. One of the issues that I've seen that is reoccurring is a lot of people that get in these positions um value more profit over people and that's in the water quality that's in different decisions that they make and they're constantly making these deals or these um these different you know situations with friends and they do it out of benefit and i've seen this a lot in our elected officials um and it's obviously you know with collier county being re majority republican they they value more profit over people and it ends up hurting our communities it ends up hurting our county um again with the water quality it hurts with you know how we lose some of our culture and just you know in a lot of different areas and i want to see how you are going to approach that um and also how you feel about that yes uh first off Juanita, thank you again for for that question and coming out here today and then continue support um to address that starting off with, with the water quality i do believe we really need to invest in the infrastructure uh, just recently, Governor DeSantis he uh, he denied our our grant here, which I believe was a little over a million, two million. That was going specifically towards the water control and infrastructure. So we need to make sure that we're building up these sewers and, and working closely with that. Something who it's a fine line. I, as although I think it should be highly illegal, is the fact that what you said, people are having their interests. They're starting to give certain contracts to certain people they're passing certain laws for their own benefit. One of the great things that I have that makes me different from that is the fact that I'm one of you guys. I truly am from the middle class. I am still in the middle class. I live in a mock, I live a couple blocks away. You know, I, I'm, I'm not here preaching something that I haven't done. I'm here putting up and tying up my bootstraps with you every day working every day, getting home, supporting my family and able to have dinner every night with my kids. And that's what's important. But we need to make sure that we're not buying into those special interests. And I can assure you, and I'll say it directly to the camera, my vote's not for sale. Good. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we need to hear that. Um, and every elected official <laughs> and everybody running for office should be able to say that. Um, but not a lot are able to say that. So thank you for saying that. Uh, Lorraine had a question. What is your work in education? So first of all, Lorraine, thanks you for running, just like all of us do on the call tonight. Thank you so much for running and what is your work and education background yes majority of my work has been around community uh, customer service and sales i'm definitely uh sales oriented I, I from my sales point i always believe that a touch of customer service is needed that's how you get to sell uh also with my education background i graduated in mafia in 2010 I went ahead and did some college here at Edison uh, on FSW. And uh, when I recently became a father, um, you know, times have a thing of changing. I wish I would have continued pursuing the degree at that and making it, but however, um, I haven't 
quite told too much people. So I guess you, everyone here is the first to know this, but I have been going back to school. I just passed my last semester with all A's and, and you know, that's something just on the side. I don't want everyone to, you know, get overwhelmed with that. Uh, but yes, it, it, I, I believe education is important and uh, better late than never. That's fantastic. And it's never too late. So I'm so happy for you. And uh, we'll just, we'll keep it between us. It'll be our little secret. Um, and so I want to I want to thank you for running. It's uh, it's an honor to meet uh, someone who is doing it for his community and to represent the people that live in his district. And I want to thank you for um, being the first of our candidate spotlights. Um, you did a fantastic job. Um, we do have another um, person that is running for office on the call today, Laura Novosad. She's running for State House District 80, she's waving right now, and Laura is going to be a great compatriot for you. So while you're in the county commission, uh, she will be in Tallahassee fighting for us. And so we look forward to speaking with Noah, uh, with Laura in next week, right? A week from tonight, we will speak with Laura. And so everybody will get a chance to, to hear from Laura. So David, uh, with the few minutes that we have remaining, I'd like uh, to give you the opportunity to tell everybody about your campaign and um, all the exciting things that are happening and what's going on. And if you need help, we'd be happy to listen to that as well. And uh, towards the end of your um, towards the end of your comments, I will put that uh, slide back up with your um, with your website. So you have the floor, sir. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you know, I, I have I have I'm very lucky to have such a great support system from family and friends. And it was ultimately them who really, whenever I approached them with with what God was really tugging at my heart for running, um, you know, they're they're really the ones that gave me the encouragement. And and as a result, I am here today now running. When whenever we announced it, we were very nervous because it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday at a little after eleven o'clock. Within twelve hours, we raised over five thousand one hundred and twenty dollars to put our name on the ballot, and that's with only twelve hours. Within those twelve hours. We made a video and that video reached over 15,000 people. Now it's over 20,000 views. And that's very important. If it's evident of anything, it's evident that people are ready for change. People are ready for someone to truly represent them, truly talk to them and listen. My grandmother constantly says that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. And that's more evident today that we need to follow those rules. I have had the pleasure of working. I've had family grow, but I, have, I still have family actually working in the fields. Uh, my father and my mother worked very hard because to give us some more opportunities out there. But one of the great things about working in the fields, I believe a lot of people in the market had that ability to work in the fields, and it's more of a rite of passage. One thing that you learn from working in the fields is the value of a dollar. You've never worked so hard for that dollar, it is the value of an education. you realize that the sacrifice that your family made put you in the position you are today. Take advantage of that. My grandmother wasn't going to wait uh, even in middle school. She got up to third grade, but she works hard every day. And she's still working hard every day, Monday through Friday, cutting grass and on the weekends, cleaning houses. So there's that hard, there's that work ethic. There's that drive. And it's just, you know, it's just such a pleasure to be here representing, you know, people like my grandmother, people like everyone out there in, in the community today. So when you see me, it's not just me. I'm a represent, representation of everyone who helped raise me. Um, today it's David Tibiartas. Tomorrow, Juanita Martinez. Tomorrow, 
Carlos. There, there, there's a lot of different people. So as, as we see it today, that's just one individual. The next day, it's going to be someone else. The next day, it's someone else. So what this campaign is truly running on is the fact that you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. And with your support, we will do that. Thank you very much. Um, and while I <laughs> try to make this a larger, do you want to uh, let people know how to get in touch with you uh, and your campaign? Yeah, you can go to the website standwithdavid.org. Um, if you're you're ready to uh, type a a long name, you can look me up on Facebook at David Tarubiartes Jr. Uh, and you'll see my my candidacy page there on Facebook. I I am the one who handles it. I am the one who will respond to you. Um, I've had countless people reach out to me and truly give some questions, and and I like having that feedback and and truly understanding what what the needs are. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. And we have 126 days to elect David. Uh, David does not have a primary opponent. So uh, David will not be on your ballot on August 18th. He will be on your ballot in November. So we have uh, 126 days to elect David. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, and David, um, we will definitely um, invite you over to do. Uh, this again um, so that you can talk to people about how your campaign is going. So thank you very much. Definitely. Thank you again. And if anyone, whenever you reach out to me, whether through Facebook or uh, my website, let me know of any cute ideas for that quarantine party. <laughs> With my son, we weren't able to celebrate it. So we just had a cake and we FaceTimed our, uh, oh, our relatives. We didn't even talk about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So if you can think of anything, please let me know. I really am asking. Um, so yeah, so I look forward to hearing from you. Okay. Um, so uh, I there is one more question. So I'm going to answer this question. It looks like uh, Molly Cook, who is the um, who is the uh, interim president for the Democratic Women's Club of Collier County, uh, she's saying thank you and see you in August. So it sounds like you're going to be um, a guest at the Democratic Women's Club of Collier County. Uh, Lorraine is asking, do ballots vote straight party? We do in Michigan. No. Um, in Florida, uh, we do have a closed primary. So if you are rep if you are registered as a Democrat, you only get the Democrats that are running in a primary on your ballot. Um, but there's no straight party voting. You can't just click one thing or uh, bubble one thing in and vote straight party. You have to vote for every single office that you want. So uh, in Florida, we don't have that. Um, but that's a good reminder. We're asking everybody to register to vote by mail. So go to callyourvotes.com to register to vote. Um, and anybody that wants to um, visit David's website, certainly go ahead and do that. And while you're at it, go ahead and go to the Collier County Democratic Party website, callyourdems.org. David, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you very much for being with us tonight. Have a tonight. good night, everyone. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about Mr. Tuyabiarte's campaign on our website. Thanks to Agent 13 for the theme song. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have 110 days left until Election Day. Please step up and help out. Hope everyone's staying safe out there. Until next time, so long. <laughs>